0: The pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening
1: to The John DePetro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePetro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is depetro.com D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right now, it is 106, and it is a uh, very cool, enjoyable Monday, but the, the events going on in the world... Are, uh, are obviously very, very troubling. And it's actually, uh, it's it's brutal to watch what is happening right now in Afghanistan. President Biden is coming back to the White House. He's gonna be uh, speaking, coming out uh, at 3.45 this afternoon. But by all accounts, it is, it is just a total disaster. This portion of the program, folks, is brought to my brother's disposal. Call today for an estimate, 401-688-0517. Brothers, come on, brothers, brother, call Brothers Disposal, offering weekly trash collection services. And they have the purple roll-off dumpsters, 401-688-0517. You can find them on Facebook. It's the giant purple dumpsters, Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it is a roll-off dumpster, you want to get rid of some unwanted belongings, or maybe it's a matter of you, they're now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401-688-0517. Come on, brother, call Brother's Disposal today. Well, folks, the the, uh, the story is fast moving. And I want to bring you the latest. Obviously, it has to do with um, Afghanistan. Wow, this is just, um, boy, the the... What is coming out of the airport with those Afghanistan people running after the American planes um, is uh, it, it's just you know brutal to watch. So he's gonna um, he's gonna President Biden's gonna address the nation. I want to just bring up to to speed. Um, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse is tweeting about. <laughs> Look at he he is tweeting about global warming. <laughs> that is amazing. Look at the priority. <laughs> that is just holy cow. Rising tide at Bailey's Beach is the priority. First Senator sheldon white house as opposed to what's happening in afghanistan um i just saw also a tweet that was put out by bill crystal and first of all how about twitter's condemned they were letting the taliban spokesman tweet live updates of the militant storming kabul but president trump is not allowed on twitter but i want to go to um bill crystal tweeted out i just got off the phone with someone who recently turned from his third tour in afghanistan he emphasized we had a responsibility not just to translators and others but to afghan troops pilots, special forces who fought bravely by our side he now forwarded me a text message from an afghan friend he asked that i tweet it the taliban terrorists are going door-to-door killing pilots uh, raping their families, taking their houses. Two of my friends were shot dead in Kabul. Oh, my God, folks. All right, I want to go with some of the sounds. So it is um, the U.S. Chinook helicopter flies over the embassy in Kabul as diplomatic vehicles leave the compound after the Taliban seize control of the country. It is, it is... um. It's hard to believe we're watching this take place as we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of September 11th. Here's dramatic footage shows a crowd scaling a jet bridge trying to force the wind into a flight. Whew. The desperation is hard to... It's hard to... Hard to witness... It's these poor people, they know that this, is the, that this is their chance to get out or otherwise. Um, or otherwise, I mean, their days are numbered. All right. I want to get to some of the sound. Folks, whether people like it or not, this falls on the Biden administration. Let's also do a flashback. Vice President Kamala Harris boasted she was involved in the decision to pull out of Afghanistan. Really big
2: decision. Afghanistan, yes. Are you the last person in the room? Yes. And you feel comfortable? I do. And and, I, and I'm going to add to that. Um, this is a president who has an extraordinary extraordinary amount of courage he is someone who i have seen over and over again make decisions based on what he truly believes based on his years of doing this work and studying these issues what he truly believes is the right thing to do and i'm going to tell you something about him he is acutely aware that it may not be politically popular or advantageous for him Personally, it's really something to see, and I and I wish that the American public could see sometimes what I see, because ultimately, and the decision always rests with him. But I have seen him over and over again make decisions based exactly on what he believes is right, regardless of what maybe the political people tell him is in his best, um, selfish interest. We're almost at a hundred days. Tell me something that has
1: surprised you. Oh, my God. That is Vice President Harris. Uh, NBC reports Biden has no plans for a White House briefing. But they kept asking, where is the president? And suddenly, now there is going to be a briefing. I want to go back to, and again, folks, good afternoon at 113. This morning on the Today Show, National Security Advisor, even Savannah Guthrie, Went after the, um, this whole foolishness about ridiculous word games.
3: Mr. Sullivan, friends and foes alike are calling this withdrawal a fiasco, a debacle. And it is one that apparently the administration did not fully appreciate or see coming. Let me play you uh, some of what the president himself has said in the last six weeks or so.
4: Likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Do you
0: see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling...
4: None whatsoever. Zero. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan.
3: And yet that is precisely what we have seen over these last few days. How do you explain getting this so wrong?
5: Well, first, Savannah, to be fair, the helicopter has been the mode of transport from our embassy to the airport for the last 20 years. But you know the larger that is, that is how, It's not the that helicopter. That is how we move people back and forth, so No, no, it's the
3: last-minute scramble. You know that. It's the last-minute scramble when <laughs> the assurances from the president himself were, this was not what we were going to see.
1: Now, Senator Reid, folks, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. Senator Reid now is also Rhode Island. Senator Jack Reed is uh, speaking out. Let's hear this, talking about what's going on in Afghanistan. He is Senate Armed Services Chairman. All right. This
6: has been a very uh, trying moment. Uh, The key at this juncture is to continue to secure the airport and to safely evacuate all of our diplomatic personnel, military personnel, and also the uh, uh, Afghans who have been uh, supporting U.S. efforts and international efforts over many years. Uh, At this point, I think... uh, the speed of the movement of the Taliban was not, I think, anticipated. I think there are two factors involved. One is the sort of overconfidence in the government of Afghanistan and the military forces and an underappreciation of the extent that the Taliban has infiltrated Afghanistan. So we're in a situation now where we have to get our forces out safely and those
1: Afghanis can help us out safely. Well, that's not happening, though. I mean, they're being killed, Senator Reid, all due respect. Wow. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. President Biden rude route to the White House amid this uh, criticism that he's nowhere. They, they were not going to do a press briefing this afternoon. And because of the press turning basically on President Biden, the liberal press suddenly now he is going back. Um, undisputed victor of twenty year of war, the Taliban. Folks, how is this possible? And no, President Biden is going to speak at three forty five this afternoon. Biden to address nation on deadly chaos in Afghanistan. A U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan after the planned withdrawal of American forces turned deadly at the Kabul airport. Thousands try to flee the country after the Taliban takeover. White House says Biden will travel back to Washington from Camp David. Speak at 345. First public remarks. Nearly a week. They've been stunned by the pace of the routing of the Afghan military. Senior U.S. military officials say the chaos at the airport left seven people dead, including some who fell from a departing American military transport jet. Ah! Afghans rushed onto the tarmac. Capital airport. Thousands tried to escape after the Taliban seized power. Some clung to the side of a U.S. military plane before takeoff. Whew! Another video showed the Afghans falling as the plane gained altitude over Kabul. U.S. troops resorted to firing warning shots and using helicopters to clear a path for transport aircrafts. Pentagon confirmed Monday U.S. forces shot killed two individuals said were armed. Biden ordered another battalion of troops to secure the airfield. The speed of the Afghan government collapse and the ensuing chaos posed the most serious test of Biden as commander in chief. As he came under withering criticism from Republicans who said he had failed. Biden campaigned as a seasoned expert in international relations. Spent months downplaying the prospect of the Taliban. Arguing that America's all political persuasions tired of a 20-year war. Conflict that demonstrated the limits of money and military force a Western-style democracy. The speed with the city fell much faster than anticipated blamed on the afghans themselves. now i want to play they're talking about this interview that he did on the today show and folks i want to play for you the full interview of uh this is on the um the full interview on the today show but this is um they're now calling it Biden's boondoggle. I mean, this is this is not the way that people wanted it to to end. All right, let's have uh, a full interview with uh, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Officer.
3: Mr. Sullivan, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Here we us. go. Bro.
1: Thanks for having me.
3: Let's first talk about the status of the evacuation effort going on at this hour. How many evacuees are there left to go? When do you expect this to be completed?
5: Well, first of all, I want to salute the skill and professionalism of the U.S. military who has now completed the drawdown of the U.S. embassy compound in Kabul. Uh, All U.S. diplomats and civilian personnel have been removed from that facility, and we're down to a very small civilian presence at the airport that is organizing an effort to ensure that we get out remaining American citizens as well as Afghans at risk. And we are in the process of trying to fully secure the airport and execute that of evacuation flights uh, which will proceed over the coming days.
3: Mr. Sullivan, friends and foes alike are calling this withdrawal a fiasco,
5: a debacle
3: and it is one that apparently the administration did not fully appreciate or see coming. Let me play you uh, some of what the president himself has said in the last six
4: weeks or so. Likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely.
0: Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened
4: Vietnam with some people feeling none whatsoever zero there's gonna be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan
3: and yet, that is precisely what we have seen over these
4: last few days.
3: How do you explain getting this so wrong?
5: Well, first, Savannah, to be fair, the, the helicopter has been the mode of transport from our embassy to the airport for the last 20 years. But you know the last is, is It's
3: not the mechanism. No, no. It's, it's the last minute scramble. You know that. It's the last minute scramble when the assurances from the president himself were this was not what we were going to see.
5: It is certainly the case that the speed with which cities fell uh, was much greater than anyone anticipated, including uh, the Afghans, uh, including uh, many of the analysts who looked hard at this problem. And the part of the reason for that, Savannah, is because at the end of the day, despite the fact that we spent 20 years and tens of billions of dollars to give the best equipment, the best training, and the best capacity to the Afghan National Security Forces, we could not give them the and they ultimately decided that they would not fight for Kabul, and they would not fight for the country. And that, and that opened may, the door. Yeah, and that the, may or may not be the, the US door to the Taliban. Yeah. To be able, I'm sorry, this, just, just to complete the thought, they, they that opened the door to the Taliban to, to come into Kabul uh, very rapidly. I guess the
3: question had, is, why though did the administration not know that? I mean, that's the critical question. Facing the president, why did he assume that there would be this will to fight? Why was he saying, regaling reporters with how well equipped and better equipped the Afghan forces were if in the end they had no the will to fight? Shouldn't we have known that?
5: Well, what the president kept saying over and over again was that it was not inevitable that Kabul would fall, and it was not inevitable. There was the capacity to stand up and resist, that capacity didn't happen. Now, the president prepared for every Every possible contingency, including this one. The reason that there are U.S. forces at the airport effectuating a successful drawdown down of our embassy, uh, securing the airport to be able to get other people out, is because the president pre positioned those forces, thousands of them, in the Gulf so they could be moved in rapidly in the event that there was a rapid collapse. Isn't this as a soon worst as case that scenario? started happening last week, he started moving people in. Actually, Savannah, I think the worst case scenario for the United States would be a circumstance in which we were adding back in thousands and thousands of troops to fight and die in a civil war in Afghanistan when the Afghan army wasn't prepared to fight in it itself. That was the alternative choice Joe Biden faced. And what we learned over the course of the past two weeks is that if we had stayed one more year or two more years or five more years or 10 more years, no amount of training, equipping or money or lives lost by the United States was going to put the Afghan army in a position to be able to sustain that country on its own. So the president had bad choices, and the choice he made which was to bring U.S. forces home to get us out of that civil war, to get our diplomats out of the embassy, and uh, to ultimately ask the Afghans to step up and fight for themselves. It is heartbreaking to see what's happening in Kabul, but the the president had to make the best possible choice he could, and he stands by that decision.
3: And there is there is no easy answer in Afghanistan. There is no question about that. But I guess the issue before you and the administration now is why this withdrawal wasn't better executed. You made the decision in April to have this end of summer, initially 9-11 withdrawal of U.S. troops. Why the last-minute scramble to get our Americans out of the embassy? Why haven't those Afghan civilians who supported our troops over the last 20 years, why are they still waiting, hoping to get out of this country? Why the last-minute scramble just on Saturday? He added another 1,000 troops. Nothing about this seems like it's part of the plan.
5: Well, first, Savannah, I think it's important to recognize that the main element of our drawdown was completed in July. We were left with a small footprint of forces at the international airport in Kabul. So what is facing us today is actually the evacuation of the embassy and civilians. And that is something that happens during uh, the context of civil conflict. We were intending to keep an embassy in Kabul uh, after our military draw. So this is not uh, the the end of our military drawdown. This is the end of our civilian drawdown, and we had to flow forces back in, as one does in any one of these evacuation type operations, uh, where you have to remove civilians from an embassy and citizens from the country, and we had. A plan in place to do that, and we're executing that. And
3: finally, the Taliban is notoriously vicious, particularly to women and girls, and there have already been reports of surrendering soldiers being executed, of Taliban commanders demanding unmarried women and girls be handed over. Are you aware of such atrocities, and what is the U.S. in a position to do about it?
5: Savannah, every uh, policy decision that we take, no matter how big or how small, has human consequences. And we are aware of that. And it is heartbreaking to see what is happening in Afghanistan right now. And we will do everything in our power from the point of view of economic, diplomatic, and political tools to hold the Taliban accountable, uh, to live up to its international obligations. But the alternative that we face to physically protect people in Afghanistan was to put American men and women in large numbers, back in harm's way, fighting and dying in the Civil War that its own forces wouldn't fight in. That the President wasn't prepared to do. He is prepared to marshal the international community on this issue. He cares passionately about these human rights questions, uh, and we will oh. stay focused on them in the period ahead. But that was not a reason for the United States to enter a third decade of war uh, in, in the middle of an internal conflict in another country. Jake
3: Sullivan, National
5: Security Advisor
3: at the White House, I know he- Easy.
1: Terrible folks. Terrible folks. Good afternoon at one twenty six. The uh the news coming out of there. The Taliban have, have all the records of those it's John petro on AM thirteen eighty, ninety nine point nine FM. Can always listen online at the website which is dipietro.com. dot com. Again, reporting the top story this is President Biden will address the nation coming up at three forty five this afternoon. Um as you can hear they're they're trying to spin this, but There's no way they expected it was going to be this type of of a disaster. The Taliban, of all the records of those who serve from the KKA, AFG, Afghan special forces, they're starting to go to houses of these Afghans to begin seeking retribution. Sheer terror on the ground in Kabul. Oh, my God. Absolutely terrible. My goodness, folks. And President Biden initially was not going to come back from vacation. He is uh, at the White House. He had to come back from Camp David. Um, let's see. I, I'm just reading some things online. You could believe this war should have ended long ago. You believe it never should have started in the first place. This has nothing to do with the disgraceful exit. There's no excuse for America abandoning these Afghans who helped us. And... We have. We have. Taliban spokesman Zabadullah Majid, whose Twitter account has amassed 287,000 287, followers, regularly provided updates on the Taliban seizure of the country. <laughs> How is that possible? ZAB. I want to see if is he still tweeting. So that's allowed. How is that possible? Let me just see if, is his account, his account is still active. Wow. How is this? What? All right, I want to play some of this sound, not that I'm saying we can. Um, so that, he's allowed to have an account, but President Trump, Trump can't. Just want to make sure we're clear on all of this. How is he there? He is a terrorist who is killing, viciously killing people, let alone the first ones that they're going after are any women. Twitter has allowed the Taliban to spread news of their takeover, even as President Trump is being kept off the platform. Taliban spokesman Zabadul Mahdi. His Twitter account was amassed. Well now he's over three hundred thousand. Provides updates on this seizure of the country. He uses social media assert they've been peaceful. Uh, one Monday tweet showed a video of the Afghans in Kabul, accompanied by the caption noting the Taliban militants have been deployed to various parts of the city. Meanwhile, President Trump was permanently suspended, he has not been allowed to tweet for months. Another one is another sole militant on the site either. Khwari Yusuf Ahmadi is another Taliban spokesman. Tweets updates to his 60,000 followers. In his most recent post claimed that the Kandahar airport came under complete Taliban control on Monday. All right. So as long as they are. Now, folks, we're. Time.
3: Appreciate All right. Hold on. We so have. Thank you. Thank
1: you. We have that. I want to go to, um, I think we have sound of, of what they're saying right now.
7: Attention,
1: Americans. We are coming after you.
7: America is a weak nation. We
1: do have some friends and allies, though.
7: We're coming to America. We here, Providence is a sanctuary city. We know the mayor there. Greetings to Mayor Alorza. He has invited us to set up in his city. We gladly accept his invitation. We have a lot of support of many of the groups. However, Providence seems dangerous even for us. There's more shootings there than in Kabul. But he assures us it will be safe.
1: We want to thank our friends and allies in the city. Black Lives Matter, many by the West End,
7: Bonneville
1: looks nice by the water.
7: We look forward to setting up a brand in Providence, thanks to Mayor Lorza. Peace to all. We also want to meet that Cicilline fellow.
1: Folks, this is um, terrible that this is playing out in this way. And again, good afternoon at one thirty-two. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, The Biden people may try to deflect away and just blame President Trump. But this was. There were people within the military that thought that this was a bad idea, and they were right because it is—it's a, a terrible idea, is what it is. This portion of the John petro show, folks, is brought to by. Don't forget, stop in and see them at the Centerdale, twenty twenty-five Smith Street, Smith Street in North Providence. Stop in and see Shane at the Centerdale Revival. Comfort food and cocktails. Great food, great drinks, great crowd. Look for them. You can link right through at the website, Dipetro.com. Also, this portion of the program is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Folks, call JKL today. Remember, Central Air, they're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, JKL Engineering. For fifty-four years, the reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL four oh one J.K.L. Engineering. Remember, with J.K.L., they do it right. They do it right the first time. Central Air is more affordable than you think. Call J.K.L. today, 401-351-7600. All right, there was also a good piece on Good Morning America. I want to – the morning shows obviously uh, dominate – uh, this let me uh, play some of this, folks. It's um, some of it's tough ah.
8: now. Overrun, desperate, chaotic scene as massive crowds surge onto the tarmac, desperate to get out of the country. And the U.S. desperately trying to evacuate thousands of Americans living in Afghanistan and Afghans who supported the U.S. mission of those trying to escape. An American family who were visiting relatives in Afghanistan, and this morning, they're trapped.
6: They're trying to protect my kids and my mom. I have my senior mom here, um, both of my daughters, um, and we're just going through
8: a disaster here. The Afghan president also among those fleeing as the militants moved in, saying he wanted to save Kabul from bloodshed. This footage from Algeria era allegedly showing Taliban fighters inside the presidential palace, walking the hallways, declaring the restoration of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Near the U.S. embassy, Chinook helicopters seem flying in and out, part of the massive evacuation of Americans. The embassy doors now shuttered. The American flag taken down. A thousand additional soldiers now rerouted to Kabul in the wake of this chaotic turn of events. In less than three months, the Taliban capturing control of nearly every major district outside Kabul. <sighs> Well, we've just been out onto the streets i could tell you it's the taliban who are manning all the checkpoints Uh. driving around town heavily armed in pickup trucks and humvees and remember it wasn't just the taliban they fought alongside al-qaeda and other terrorist organizations who also share part in the victory this morning and robin the most striking thing out there is we didn't see one single woman Uh. half the population is now hiding behind closed doors that is the new afghanistan we leave behind
1: Thanks, President Biden. Nice job, President Biden. Folks, at 136, again, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. It is Monday. It is August 16th. This is just, um, this is absolutely just terrible, terrible news. Now, the president will address the nation and the world really coming up, but the headlines are just brutal as far as American surrender. Because that's really what it's coming down to. Um, And to see those Afghan people desperate at the airport, falling off planes, as a matter of fact. This was, um, I want to play again, the National Security Advisor was on CBS this morning. I want to hear some of this. Here we go.
5: So first, I do want to salute the skill and professionalism of our military forces uh, in Afghanistan, who did complete a successful and safe drawdown of what? our embassy. Our embassy is now closed, uh, and our diplomatic present is, presence is secure at the Kabul airport. Now our military is working to secure that airfield as civilians, desperate civilians, are going there seeking to get out uh, to secure it so that we can run a series of evacuation flights for American citizens who are in Kabul, for uh, Afghans who have worked for us in the past and for other uh, vulnerable Afghans. And we intend to carry out those evacuation flights after securing the airport over the coming days. Are we talking dozens of Americans, hundreds of Americans? Can you put a rough number on it? I would say that in the end, we want to be moving thousands of people in total Uh, that includes a significant number of Americans Um, we are still doing outreach to uh, establish the total number of Americans in country it's important to note that for weeks now we have been communicating with Americans telling them to leave the country offering them loans or financing so that they could secure plane tickets if they didn't have means to do so otherwise. So we have actually been working to evacuate thousands and thousands of Americans over time. Now it's about to determining who is left uh, and who didn't heed those warnings a long way.
9: We are looking at these unbelievable pictures of people literally
3: hanging onto the plane Ah. as
5: it's
9: taxing down the runway. What do you have to say about that? What are your thoughts when you see that?
5: Well. Every time you're involved in policy, whether it's big or small, you have to remember it's about the human costs. And there are real human costs here, and seeing that image I recognize that. And it's heartbreaking. But I also think about the human cost of the alternative, which was President Biden ordering U.S. forces to remain in Afghanistan, and that would have required adding thousands and thousands more U.S. troops in the face of a Taliban onslaught, taking casualties, and frankly, having to step up and fight for an Afghan army that was not prepared to fight for itself. President Biden was not prepared to usher in a third decade of war and put U.S. troops in in harm's way, fighting and dying, to try to hold Afghanistan together when its own armed forces would not fight to hold it together. So this is about hard choices, and the choice he made, he believes, was in the national security interest of the United States. And we have uh, executed a drawdown of U.S. forces in Afghanistan and are now conducting those evacuations. But, but Jake, on this question of, of preparedness, uh, it, it would appear that the administration was not prepared for Kabul to fall this quickly and for the Taliban to overrun the country this uh, quickly how did you get it so wrong and and you've been in two administrations uh, at this point advising presidents uh, on Afghanistan when did you personally realize that the Afghan army was just not up to this fight Well, so first, um, we always knew, uh, we're clear-eyed about the distinct possibility that Kabul would eventually fall to the Taliban. It was not an inevitability, it was a possibility. The speed was at the very fast end. It was um, not something we expected to go that quickly, but we had contingency plans in place for any eventuality, including a quick fall of Kabul. Those forces who are at the airport right now did not appear out of nowhere. President Biden pre-positioned Them weeks ago Um. in theater to be able to fly them in in the event that Kabul fell very quickly. We've secured the airport, we've secured our embassy, and we've done so in an extreme contingency, knowing before this went down that we had to be prepared to do that. Now, we had hoped that they would fight, we had hoped that they would stand up, uh, but it became clear as city after city fell that in fact the Afghan army was not prepared despite billions of dollars and years of training and all of the advanced capabilities we provided. And that raises real questions about whether one more year or two more years or five more years would have made any difference in terms of U.S. troops staying in Afghanistan.
10: But Jake, given how quickly the Taliban have taken the country, are you Are you sure you can hold the airport long enough to get all the people out you need to?
5: We've made very clear to the Taliban that if they disrupt our operations, if they menace or attack our forces, that there will be a severe and devastating response. We intend to secure the airport. We intend to move through these evacuations, and then we intend to complete the retrograde. This is not without risk.
3: When is Uh, the president going to address the country on this? Everybody's waiting to hear from him.
5: Well, the president has been uh, deeply engaged, hour by hour, in working through this contingency plan. We see that,
3: but we haven't heard from him, Jake, in the short time we have left. Can you tell us when he's going to speak to us about it?
5: I think you can expect him to speak to the country soon. He hasn't put a definitive time on it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I won't get ahead of our press team in terms of announcing that. But in the meantime, what he's going to do is stay laser-focused on the task at hand with his national security team. That's what he's been doing.
1: Okay. Jake's well, folks, he is going to speak... This afternoon, but to try to, well, let me go to um, explaining how the Taliban was going to take control of Af- Afghanistan. So this is more from CBS this morning. Let's, let's- Fell
0: apart in less than a month. The Taliban offensive was already underway the last time we were there, and it was triggered by President Biden's announcement that the U.S. troops would be pulling out as promised. The Taliban then went on the attack almost immediately, taking over large stretches of rural areas. Now they were surrounding these provincial capitals. It was thought then they would hold off, launching an all-out assault until American forces were gone for good. But then the real blitz started just over a week ago. The first big city to fall. Was Kunduz uh, that cut off all areas to uh, north of Kabul, and that was a big victory. Partly because it's where the Taliban has met resistance in the past. Then, one after another, Afghanistan's biggest cities outside of Kabul were captured. Herat to the west. Kandahar to to the south, Ghazni. again, really important because it cut off the main highway uh, to the capital from the south. So Kabul wasn't surrounded, but it was certainly isolated. And one of the keys to the Taliban's success is the speed of that offensive. The Afghan military was not able to regroup and mount any serious counteroffensive.
10: The Taliban exploited that weakness. Anthony? Charlie, you've been embedded with American forces and with the Afghan forces. We've spent billions of dollars building up the Afghan army, 20 years of training them. Why aren't they more prepared?
0: Well, Anthony, the biggest component was the severe reduction in U.S. airstrikes. In the past, that's always stopped the Taliban in its tracks. And I know this may sound odd after 20 years and all that money, but the Afghan military wasn't ready for this because the model they had developed was too dependent on U.S. backup. And we're talking about close air support and medevac supplies, really important. Um, When we were last on the front lines, that position that we were in was overrun within days, and they were begging us, they were begging me Uh, for support for U.S. helicopters. Uh, They also couldn't move special forces around quickly enough. They quickly lost confidence and morale. There was no leadership. And you know, when you're surrounded, you're running out of food and water and weapons, no reinforcements. Uh, Fighting for a government you don't believe in, dropping your gun, and going home uh, is a pretty easy decision to make.
1: Again, folks, this is um, playing out in in real time. And for them to you know, for them to be blaming somehow, blaming like the Afghans didn't fight enough, is just is just absurd. So let me play some more sound about President Biden. This was yesterday, and that photo of him alone at the strategic table. I, I just, I just don't understand who's making all the decisions here.
9: Protests outside the White House Sunday as the situation in Afghanistan quickly deteriorated. President Biden remains at Camp David, where top military and security aides briefed him Sunday from a distance. And the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, issued a dire warning to lawmakers. The Taliban's swift return to power means Al-Qaeda could now reconstitute itself in Afghanistan faster than U.S. government estimates of two years. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, was left to explain things.
10: Like it or not, uh, there was an agreement that the forces would come out on May 1st. Had they not, had we not begun that process, which is what the president did uh, and the Taliban saw, then we would have been back at war with the Taliban.
9: Colorado Democratic Congressman Jason Crow, who served two tours of duty in Afghanistan, expressed concern.
1: Nobody anticipated that
5: the 20-year buildup of an Afghan army, uh, with the hundreds of billions of dollars that we poured into it, Uh, that that army would not last a blast.
9: Most concerning for some critics are recent assurances that are now proven completely wrong. Mr. Biden said this in July.
4: But The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely.
10: Seems like many in President Biden's intelligence community got this devastatingly wrong, and I think a lot of questions will be asked later about why. This is going to be a stain on this
4: president and his presidency. On uh, Sunday, Secretary Blinken the, uh, tried
9: redirecting this scrutiny.
10: Uh, ultimately, it's up to the Afghans themselves. It's up to the Afghan government. It's up to the Taliban to decide the way forward for, for the country, including uh, Kabul.
9: White House officials don't rule out the president saying more publicly about the situation in Afghanistan in the coming days but say there are no current plans for him to do so or for him to return here to the White House from Camp David.
1: Well, Richard. that has changed. That has changed because of those types of reports. Now, U.S. forces killed two gunmen at the Kabul airport. It, it is incredible how that's what now suddenly the media is focusing on. The Taliban are killing hundreds of people. And yet, you know, that's the nature of, of our media. Start the protest. I like I just got an email that the, the head of the Taliban is going to be displaying Hunter Biden artwork in, uh, in the embassy now. December time magazine december 2001 the taliban's barbaric medieval rule unraveled for good last week the last days of the taliban that was december of 2001 wow now now they're back who says they can't come back Uh, Russia's embassy in Kabul said on Monday that the Afghan president had fled the country with four cars and a helicopter full of cash and to leave some money behind would not all fit in. This is most part of the corruption they're talking about. You know, this whole business of. We've learned is and this is that um, national security, you know, no amount of training or equipping was going to be enough, but. I, I, I don't the the argument of things we we now we're putting in more troops than if we had just left the troops <sighs> taliban was founded in 1994 um U.S. has two weeks to rescue thirty thousand. U.S. has just two weeks to rescue thirty thousand people before Biden's date for withdrawal on August thirty-first. I don't think that's going to be possible. The collapse of the Afghan government happened so quickly. The Afghan forces are not sent in any type of reinforcement. Well, if they weren't ready, then then why were we? Then why were we pulling out so quickly? Seven people dead at the Kabul airport. More people died at the Kabul airport than on January 6th. <laughs> ah, President Biden washing his hands of the Afghan situation. It is embarrassing. The helicopter has been the motor transport to our embassy for the last 20 years. That, I mean, that is just embarrassing. It just is. I mean, you got to be kidding me. He did say that. Oh, there's the picture of Saigon. <sighs> Conflict in Afghanistan is forcing hundreds of thousands to flee amid reports of serious human rights violations. Oh, suddenly now they want to go back and fight. I don't. What, what is President Biden going to say at 345? He owns this. He better not try to blame President Trump, folks. All right, I'm gonna play some more sound, but at least the administration is also caught off guard that as much as they want to try to blame the Trump administration, they're not being allowed to. They're not being allowed to. And I'll give let me hear um well, Senator Reed spoke earlier, and I wanna hear if he said anything. Folks, right now at 151, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. This portion of our program, if you're thinking of doing any paving, folks, J. Perry Paving. Call them today. Contact J. Perry Paving for your next paving project. Now, I've done video of them. They do a fantastic job. What a difference it makes with your property. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. Call J. Perry Paving today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730, J. Perry Paving. And if you're a veteran, they have a special package for veterans j perry paving affordable smooth safe to drive on remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway you can depend on j perry paving find them on facebook and on their website is letter j j perry paving 401-732-1730 this was senator jack reed senate armed service chairman senator jack reed on afghanistan just a uh, short time ago let me hear this
6: trying moment uh the key at this juncture is to continue to secure the airport and to safely evacuate all of our diplomatic personnel military personnel and also the uh, uh, afghans who have been uh, supporting u.s efforts and international efforts for many years uh, at this point i think uh the speed of the uh, movement of the Taliban was not, uh, I think, anticipated. I think uh, there are two factors involved. One is the uh, sort of overconfidence in the government of Afghanistan and the military forces and an underappreciation uh, of the extent that the Taliban has infiltrated Afghanistan. So we're in a situation now where we have to get our forces out safely and
1: those Afghans... Well, it's a complete surrender is what it is. Um, That was Senator Jack Reed. Hmm. Well, it's also... um, It is also a little bit of... Okay, so President Biden had to return early from this country. He's going to address... Uh, Returned from his vacation, excuse me. So he arrived at the White House uh, just a short time ago. Um, See him marching from Marine One. He had been at Camp David. So, uh, you know, this CNN cut, they're chanting death to America, but they seem friendly. It's just...
3: They seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. And the president... They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre.
1: And well, pre- you're a female. I, I don't know what to make of that. Nothing good. Not Nothing... Nothing good. Um... Said, uh, Senator Blinken saying this is not Saigon. Well, it sure looks that way. Words, under no circumstance
10: will the U.S. personnel, embassy personnel be airlifted uh, out of uh, Kabul in a replay of the scenes that we saw in Saigon in 1975. Uh, so... Isn't that exactly what we're seeing now? I mean, even the images uh, are evocative of what happened in Vietnam. Uh, Let's take a step back. This is manifestly not Saigon. The fact of the matter is this. We went to Afghanistan 20 years ago uh, with one mission in mind, and that was to deal with the people who attacked us on 9-11. And that mission has been successful. We brought bin Laden to justice a decade ago. Uh, Al-Qaeda, the group that attacked us, has been vastly diminished. Its capacity to attack us again from Afghanistan uh, has been, uh, right now, uh, does not exist. Uh, And we're going to make sure that we keep in place uh, in the region uh, the capacity, the forces necessary to see any reemergence of a terrorist threat and to be able to deal with it. So in terms of what we set out to do in Afghanistan, uh, we've done it. Um, And now, uh, all along, uh, the president had a hard decision to make. And that decision was what to do with the remaining forces that we inherited when we came to office that, uh, that were in Afghanistan, uh, with a deadline established by the previous administration to get them out uh, by May 1st. Uh, that's, the, uh, th- that's the decision he made. Uh, we've been in Afghanistan for 20 years, a trillion dollars, 2,300 American lives lost. Uh, and again, thankfully... Having succeeded in doing what we set out to do in the first place, the president made the determination that it was time to end uh, this war for the United States to get out of the middle of uh, a civil war in Afghanistan uh, and to make sure that uh, we were looking at our interests across the world, around the world, and that we were set up uh, to advance those interests. That's what we're doing.
1: Well, he can say that all he wants, but I don't um, No one envisioned it going like that right folks right now it's 156 on this monday afternoon folks good afternoon it's john dipetro on am 1380 or nine and 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website which is com. um it 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 just comes down to that this is not did people feel like what is the point of still being there yes Yes, no question. Yes, they did. But, but not leaving like this. Actually, I, I don't understand. I think there were some military people saying, "Why?" Right? That's right where we want to be. You look on the map, having a base there, right next to Iran, right, right next to, you know, that's, a, that's a, next to Iraq. That's a crucial part of the world. We have troops in Germany. We have troops all over the world. We have troops right on the North- South Korea border. Why would we want to give that up? And it sounds like if the United States, not one service person has been killed in Afghanistan in the last year and a half. 3,500 troops keep a presence, keep the Afghans in line, and keep the Taliban at bay. That's, I mean, again, that seemed like a pretty good strategy. That's not how it played out. That is certainly not how it, it played out or is playing out. But instead now, we are surrendering and fleeing the country. So, as the Wall Street Journal wrote, what the world is witnessing in Afghanistan, vivid, painful display. What happens when leaders in Washington, Washington delude themselves regarding persistent threats. The nature of America's enemies... And the ability to end wars simply by going home. And that's exactly what it is. And now, the fact that we lost our embassy, the fact that on the anniversary of September 11th, the people that caused that are back in power. And these Taliban fighters, this helps them, folks, this helps them recruiting. They have become better fighters by doing that. They take over our equipment, they take over our weapons nothing positive about this in any way. Listen, it's John DePietro on this Monday. Uh, President Biden is going to speak on this coming up at 345. If you would like to reach me, please visit the website, dipietro.com. Click on Contact John. If there's breaking news, we do a Facebook live feed. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the two o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Folks, we'll see what happens.
6: WNRI when socket.